Welcome to the Dingers and Discourse, your home for the Mario Baseball podcast here on youtube.com slash Ravian. I'm here joined with Clutch1908 and Matt Gree, also known as the Muted Assassin, and we're here to bring you another episode of the Mario Baseball Dingers and Discourse podcast. This is episode 11, and let's get right into it. Being started with Rassel at the Castle. A lot of high-scoring games here. Vickles Falcon putting up another really good tournament. Uh, this week, Thanners posted stats for Bowser's Castle. It's a highly offensive stadium. Uh, the most runs ever are at the stadium at Bowser's. Um, you know, just having all those thwomps there. Big state. Well, it's not really a big stadium. Just having the high walls and the thwomps there uh, just really guarantees on a lot of, uh, uh, of uh, outs. It's just, you know, either you're flying off that thwomp, uh, scoring runs, or uh, you have a chance for a wall jump. Um, Pool C being Vickless, Big Nick, Colby2D, and Nooch17. Uh, being the most competitive pool there, we're having Vickless come out on top, Colby2D advancing in the third spot with a 28.6% game win percentage. Nooch eliminated with a higher win percentage due to head-to-head. Very good tournament. Uh, you guys want to talk about any of the matchups that we had there? Yeah, so um, at least going back to that, uh, the high-scoring aspect of Bowser's Castle, uh, I don't think going into this tournament anyone expected uh, or thought of Bowser's Castle as the most offensive stadium in Stars On. I know certainly I didn't. It is a bit of a bigger stadium. Uh, not not super large, but it, it's on the larger side, I believe. But then also you have those super high walls, so you're not going to get as many home runs, which led a lot of people to think, hey, maybe maybe it's not the best stadium for offense. But what we've learned with the the stats that Thanner's pulled and with just with um, some playing a bunch of games there is that hitting the ball off those thwomps, uh, that's that's a lot of bases because it's hard out there. You get the screen shake, you get uh, some diving, and uh, you're going to be missing some balls out there. It's tough to wall jump out there. And then also that ball gets bouncing off the thwomps. It gets bouncing on the, the pavement out there in the outfield. It's hard to pick up. And you can you can get some extra bases it, it, out in Bowser's Castle that's not available in any other stadium. The ball can bounce really high, and if you miss it a couple times, that's a triple. And um, because of that, we've seen a lot of high-scoring games. We also have all those star pads out there that lead to more stars uh, in the game. So you're going to be able to use more star hits, and all that just makes it a really offensive-heavy stadium. And uh, potentially one of the bigger discoveries that we've had in the stadium series so far, for sure. And then um, looking at the bracket, you know, we see uh, Remke up there at the top. He's going to have to play Walrus. Uh, not going to be an easy matchup. Walrus, pretty good. So um, that'll be an interesting game to watch whenever it happens. And then it uh, already Krazy happened. There. Oh, it did? Oh, it didn't update. Yeah, they Remke didn't update beat Walrus. Early. They didn't update the bracket. It happened earlier this afternoon. They must have not got to it. What was the result? I just noticed that. Uh, Remke, I believe, too, Odom. I was, I was in the call for it, backgrounding. It did not sound all that close uh it was a classic walrus why are you not swinging at that why are you swinging at that uh it pretty typical so yeah remkey moved on pretty easily it sounded like uh, that's kind of sad i mean did he get dk pitcher or he did get dk pitcher uh, at least one of the games and it did it did not do well enough for him uh it, walrus offered to play a best of three best of three he wanted to play three best of three series but uh remkey did not take him up on that offer Seems like a walrus move there. <laughs> it is very, such a walrus move. Very walrus thing. Uh, speaking of a walrus move, you guys want to move on to Big Bala? I like uh, that. Before I say, before we do that, um, I think uh, the TO for the tournament, Vickless, once again, very well put on. But uh, 
his theory of Bowser Castle is a great stadium for Bowser and Classic Leagues, I think does hold up because people will pitch to him, but then you just hit doubles off the wall. Um, so while the walls are tall, which makes people think it's a big stadium, I actually think the walls are closer. Like it's some of the like closest distance to home plate. And so the ball doesn't go out, but like what would be like a warning track fly ball at Yoshi's or Wario's um, is now off the thwomp for multiple bases that are outs, and that just extends your innings. So um, I'm surprised it's still the highest one over DK because DK is just so small, but uh, I can understand how it happens. Yeah, DK is all about home runs. Bowser is kind of, you kind of have to balance your power hitters and slap hitters. You know, you want to get some base hits, but if you do get a nice cranked shot, it's going to go off that thwomp, like Matt said earlier. So it's definitely a different stadium, and it has its purpose. And hey, these these tournaments at the stadium series, they're they're showing off at every stadium, and it's improving people's skills uh, drastically. Stars on one of the biggest things is the stadium. So you can master the stadium. You can really do anything. Else is like the master of uh, Wario's palace. It's everything into the, the tornadoes, so... Take that as an example. If you can master stadium, you'll you'll have a really good chance of winning your games. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at the stadium graph here. And um, yeah, towards center field, it is the shortest stadium. You get out towards the edges, though. Uh, DK Jungle and uh, Wario Palace get a little bit closer. But it's it's in the middle there towards the edges of the field and uh, one of the closest stadiums towards center field. Well, we'll move on to my walrus segue. Big ball of three. Uh, we'll get to that, but the top three for the tournament being Toasty, Remke, and Boomerang Bro. Uh, everyone in this tournament put up a very good fight. Um, we'll get to that shortly in here, uh, but Toasty takes it in the grand finals in a bracket reset over Remke. In my opinion, that that's a big, uh, that's an upset. I mean, you know, people coming in here, uh, Chris Toasty was the number one seeded big ball up player. But Remke comes in, uh, you know, he was saying a lot of, you know, a lot of trash talk, you know, and I like that. You, you gotta, you gotta get it going. And he said, you know, I'm probably the best guy. I should be seated number one. Chris took it to him and uh, took him down there at Bowser's, I believe. Uh, two to one there. Um, it, it, it was, it was, it was a good one. Uh, Kirby Smartburner, Big Nick making some deep runs in Baltor, like always. He fell early there, but you know like he was always, there. Always, wow. He, he, you know, he's, he's he needed to come in the commentary booth with me, man. You know, I, I had to uh, I had to do it. So you know, maybe it was scripted, but uh, yeah, I had to get him there. Uh, speaking of the Walrus segue, uh, versed Mister Joe, I believe. Yes. So he uh he versed Mister Joe lost. They played a re-series, and he won uh, with the agreement of if uh, if Joey said if Walrus won the whole tournament, they would split the prize money of $100, 50-50. So they get 50 bucks each. That didn't happen. Uh, I think Joey had a tattoo appointment. That was the reason why that happened, but pretty funny. You guys want to talk about any of the games at all? Uh, I mean, talking about that final game, um, we got to that back to Bowser's castle on the last game, uh, Chris Dosti versus Remke and, uh, Chris Dosti, just an offensive player was able to get a couple runs across. He, uh, won that game and, um, it was just, I don't know. People were saying in the booth, uh, Bowser's castle just feels like toasty stadium and, uh, able to get it there on the stadium bands is probably pretty, uh, pretty good for toasty and, uh, toasty had the face cam on the stream. Y'all should definitely go check the stream out. 
and he was popping off it all all the time. Just super fun matches to watch. Bracket went until like two two a.m. Eastern. It was super late, uh, but we did eventually get the games over. Um, I mean, I popped in the booth for a little bit. Clutch was in the booth for a bit. Uh, just a really great stream that Balter was able to have. Really excited for the future of Big Ball. We had the 42 participants, largest stars on tournament uh, ever. So that that speaks a lot to what Baltor has been able to do here with Big Ball. Uh, hey, that was the biggest thing. Baltor is like, hey, you want you want uh, people interested? We'll make people interested. And uh, not only 42 people, like you said, the biggest stars on bracket. That 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 means numbers. That means really good things for the community. People like this game mode. You know. I think there was discussions of people saying this is how stars on should be. I mean, that's kind of a big take. Um, but I mean, that's just how much fun people had. They, they enjoyed their time. They enjoyed their stay. And I think Big Bala has uh, another tournament, another tournament coming soon because of the interest. Um, thanks for Balter for putting on a big tournament. I had a lot of fun streaming it. Uh, <laughs> was really tired though. I think that was the second. That was my first day out of surgery. I was I was kind of gassed, but yeah, that was a fun fun stream though. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the next one, even though I'm not going to plan it. I, I like watching it. So the toasty marathon stream the night before, I sat in on a lot of commentary with him, and then I had the Vicless game that kicked off Baltor stream. Uh, I've tried to suppress the six stream strikeouts from Green Shy Guy as much as I could, but don't know how successful i've been um but i let me tell you this if the product was not so exciting i don't think i would have made it to finals um because i was just exhausted but it was fun commentating the whole time it was every game had its story like i can't think of a game that was just like a three to two snoozer it was either a blowout or you know, offense put up in a back and forth shootout, really good pitching on one side or the other. Um, I really can't think of a game that was kind of like a stinker. Uh, you know, like I said, it was super entertaining seeing super big Nick, Kirby Smart Burner all go deep in this tournament. Um, so I it's definitely the third game mode of Mario Baseball. Um, there's no chance that it shouldn't be recognized as such. And whether that's just in a tournament setting for now, I hope eventually it's a ladder, but I understand that's more uh, adding capability so that way it's not the only custom ladder we add because it'd be more work to just add that than for the devs to continue with their uh, current work to let people just kind of add their own custom ladders going forward. So um, we'll wait for that, but Big Bala definitely showed out and it shows that there is the interest and it needs its own ranked ladder and I think it will come. People have been asking for it post-tournament, which I think is really cool. Um, like I said, I think that's partially because Baltor said, like, yeah, we'll probably kick one up sooner rather than later. Like, the first one was back... Well, the second one was back in May, I think, and then we're just playing the next one now. I think the next one will be September, October. Uh, I bet he'll turn it around pretty quick, so that's exciting. There is a, one other game I want to mention. It is the uh, Chris Toasty Kirby Smart Burner game. If you have, if you didn't see that, definitely go watch that. It's up on the uh, Baltor's YouTube channel. That is a crazy game because Chris Toasty, up to this point, mercyed all the competition. He 10-0'd Clutch uh, in the previous round, and then gets to this game, goes up 
everyone's like, all right, this game's over. Chris Toasty uh, just putting on an utter show. And then uh, Kirby Smartburner comes all the way back, down 11-0, scores uh, 10 runs uh, going into the ninth inning. He's putting up a homer to make it 11-12, trying to tie the game. Chris Toasty with a phenomenal super jump. Just a great game uh, there. The super jump to end it. Commentator was going off. Clutch, I know, in the booth for that game. Chris Toasty on the face cam. Just an incredible game and just a great performance from Kirby Smartburner saying, hey, I can bring this game all the way back. It doesn't matter whatever the score. I'm here to, to play some ball. And, um, yeah, he went on. He made a, a deep run there, that loss. And then he he lost the next game, I believe. But that was still, uh, uh, like, tied for fifth place. So just a great run there. Another game yeah, I, I want to mention is the Boomerang Bro Flatbread one. Sorry, Clutch, out to cut oh you off gosh. there. That one was another nail-biter and a close one. Just home runs going into extras. And uh, I think Boomer walked off with a two-run shot. That one's another game to watch, too. I think that one's on Baltor's channel, too. If not, it's going to be on Chris Toasty's VOD. That was Toasty's VOD. It was on Toasty's uh, VOD. Yeah, so I guess the, the summary of those two games, not to spoil the end, but like... Toasty had to get, I think it was a wall jump and a super jump in that ninth inning, and it was a two-run game, and those both probably robbed runs. So, sorry, like, uh, not Toasty, uh, boomerang bro or flatbread. No, 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 no. I'm talking about that game first. Going back to that one. Oh, so, like, okay, okay. That was like two really clutch outs that like are not gimmies. They were hard user inputs to me. Like I think it was not a gimme wall jump. It was not a gimme super jump. Like he had to do it on the run. So like two-run game they came all the way back and i think in a different universe where toasty's just a little bit off he's tying or winning that game and then yeah the uh flatbread boomerang bro game boomerang bro walks it off with wario and his big dumpy walking it off to right field um but it was that end of that game was just shot answered by shot it was literally just because boomerang bro had last bats that literally was the difference in the game um so that was a really good one definitely go watch both also, uh, before we get off this topic, just want to say Big Nick with the loser's run of the lifetime, too. Uh, it had take down a lot of big names. Ducky, I think Ducky Mercy, Ducky couldn't play. Took down Salmon, yeah. Balam, Krazy, Super, Kirby Smart Burner, and then just lost by one run to, bit, uh, to Boomerang Bro. That, that's, a, yeah. that's a hats off moment. Congratulations on that run. Crazy. All right, we're going to move on. Let's take, let's get, take it over to Clutch. Your uh, your topic with NBA Cup. You want to catch us up here for the top six? What's who's moving on? Sure. So top eight started. Um, ones there. I lost to Remke, um, Macri. You lost to your nemesis Hells. Um, I believe Krazy sent Boomerang Bro down, and then it was the Dinger City Boys, uh, Mister Joe and. Jason, they played on stream a best of three set. Joe took that one. Um, so then in loser side, it was Matt and Boomerang Bro. It was me and Jason. Um, I beat Jason pretty comfortably. It was like 9-4. That's on Toasty's channel if you want to go back and watch it. Macri just 10-0's Boomerang Bro. If that's not on his channel already, I'm sure it's in the log of games possibly. Um, so that's a big one, beating the defending MPS champ by Mercy. Um, so uh, I know 
top six stream is going to be this coming Monday, August 29th, my birthday. We're doing back-to-back Paul birthday bashes. Baltor did his for Big Baller. I'm doing mine for NBA Cup. Um, it's going to be loser of Hell's Hero and Krazy will play me in the opening game. Then you will have Matt Gree and uh, Mr. Joe because he fell to Remke earlier today. And then third game will be winner's final, which will be Remke versus the winner of Krazy and Hell's Hero. So super stacked matchup to begin the night. And then we just go from there with uh, loser's finals and then grand finals. So super excited to put it on. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, and it's... We were, we were talking about this the other day. Um, I think this is the start of the Stars Off Triple Crown. I think now NBA Cup being super successful and is going to continue running. I think Mr. Joe is going to continue what I'm calling his seasonal series. It was spring series earlier. He's got a fall series planned. Um, and MPSS, I think if you hold all three at the same time, I think you can say you're the Stars Off Triple Crown. Um, so I think that's really cool that not, not only do we have three premier events, but they're all different. MPS is obviously a two-week sprint. Um, the seasonal series, I, Joe should come up with a better name than that. I, I'm sure he can. Um, is a qualifying circuit before the final bracket, which is really cool. And then NBA Cup is long form and takes multiple months. So it's it's not just that it's three different tournaments that are premier. It's They're all got their little flavor. And I think that's so cool. And I'm so glad that the community has it. And I think it's a sign of things to come. You want to add anything, Matt? No, I'm I'm just excited to make it make it on stream, uh, make a top six, see what we can do, make a run. Maybe me and Clutch can get a NPSS eleven run back uh, if we both win our first games. I would really like that, um, but we'll have to see. I'm gonna have a very tough matchup for sure. Yeah, regardless I, of I, who wins that one. <laughs> I will say I did I did get the better matchup here. Uh, no shade to Mr. Joe, but uh, much rather play Mr. Joe than the loser of Hell's Hero or Krazy. I'm excited to stream it. Again, that's going to be on twitch.tv slash clutch1908. Head over there. Uh, I think it's starting at 7.30 Eastern. Yes. So that'll be there. You want to take away for the next topic, Matt? Uh, yeah, so uh, Little League signups, uh, those are going on, but by the time this video is out, we're going to have the, the tournament either in progress. Wait, no, this comes out su- Saturday. It comes out Saturday. Saturday. So when's your yeah, signups so, closing? Uh, well, signups will be closing on Saturday, so don't don't try and sign up too late. I do got to have a day or two to or a day to make the bracket because we do have that regional format. Got to make sure everyone slots in, but we're going to have a good tournament Sunday. So tune into that if, uh, if you're uh, available. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to, 3 p.m. Eastern, rather, we're going to be uh, playing some Little League action, which is uh, the nine smallest characters in the game, and uh, just have a great time. It's a, it's an annual tradition now, second longest running Stars Off tournament series, so yeah, just a, just a fun tournament, a one-off tournament sort of thing, and then uh, in addition to that, tournament signups for Stars on Showdown 9 have begun uh this tournament starts uh september 3rd so just make sure you sign up before that uh we're already up to like 20 25 signups so it's gonna be a big one um and yeah boomerang bro looking to defend his championship i know um last one was a bit of a smaller one but 
This one already surpassed the registration for the last one, so that's super cool to see. I'll be playing it. It'll be my first Starzon showdown since like SOS 3. Um, been getting into a lot more Starzon action, so super excited for that. I know Clutch has been playing some more Starzon as well. Are you signed up for that one? I am. I'm super excited. It's my first one since maybe like four or five. I you know kind of lost track, but it was my first tournament when I joined the server. Is Starzon was ready. Um, I forget. Actually, it might have came after my first Rookie Rumble. I think I did Rookie Rumble two, then like Starzon. It was either four or five, and then it was my first MPS. Um, so I played everyone to like a game three, and there was like Krazy and I think Boomerang Bro in that pool. I would have to be reminded but it was a stacked pool and i took everyone to a game three so i'm hoping to actually get out of pools this time hey you definitely got the skill sets but it's been a it's been a little while since you played some stars on and i remember when you did play it you were just getting you know unlucky so hopefully it's your time hopefully it's your time i really want to see uh how everyone's improved i don't think i'm gonna be in that tournament at all um but hey i'll, I'll definitely be watching or even streaming it so I'm excited for it too. I always like watching all my friends play, so it's like my favorite part. I think I've watched more. Well, I've definitely watched more games than I've played, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it too. Want to take it away for the next topic, Matt? Yeah. So um, this next topic, uh, it's just something that I've seen come up in the Discord lately. Um, we have the we have the draft order, the new one two one, somewhat new one two one one, and it's really sort of settled into a a solid top five characters. Bowser, Bro, Petey, Yoshi, and DK are almost always going within the top five. Now the order does get mixed up a little bit depending on who you ask, but that sixth spot in the draft is one of the most open spots right now. There's a lot of thought on it. And uh, typically you're going to see either uh, Birdo, Boo, or King Boo fill that role. And it comes down a lot to preference. And I just wanted to have a little bit of a discussion on where our thoughts are on where the top six uh, the number six pick in the draft should be going to the Bowser team most of the time. So to kick things off, I said Birdo's there as an option, but I think everyone here is probably in agreement that Birdo is not a viable pick as the six spot if you are the Bowser team. Uh, Captain, you're not going to get Captain Birdo. You're going to have to burn those uh, two stars to land an egg. And then additionally, Birdo has that uh, has that uh, bad slap hit. It's landing way lower than uh, other characters. So by picking Birdo there at the sixth spot, you're just you're really uh, you're really hurting yourself as a team. She has some great defense, but it's not worth that sixth spot, especially when you can't be using those eggs all the time. So with that, it really leaves only King Boo and Boo as your two viable picks there. And that a lot comes down to preference. Uh, we've had some discussion on whether uh, righty King Boo or lefty King Boo is better. And that also comes down to preference as well and your pitching matchup. But I want to open it up for everyone else to have their thoughts. I mean, for me, I, I'm not that type of person to give give knowledge on draft picks. Uh, I don't even think I'm on the ranked leaderboard right now. So that's definitely not my cup of tea. I'm just the type of guy that, you know, just, just drafts who I'm comfortable with. Uh, if, if I do pick Birdo as my sixth pick, it's because I need someone uh, to, to fill up a middle infield slot, and I know Birdo's like a comfortable pick for me, uh, even though like I'll be comfortable bringing those two stars on the Bowser team. You know, maybe different for some other people, but I definitely think just for me, in my opinion, it's just going to be a comfort pick in that spot. So, yeah, if I see Birdo at six on the Bowser team, I'm screaming for joy. Like, that's such a 
overdraft. I think non-Captain Birdo is nine or ten um, on the Bowser team. It's similar to like Luigi, but a worse slap. Slightly better defense, but at a more premium position, I guess. But like the slap is so bad. I think people are starting to realize that you know how you pitch so carefully to Birdo with the eggs and how that burns stars, even if they end up landing one. You realize you pitch the same way to the slap. It leads to a lot of strikeouts, or a lot of poor contact or, you know, like I think people are starting to realize that as long as you don't, as long as you respect Birdo for if you're going to put it over the plate, it can get slapped and just a good slap and take advantage of the short bat, just like you do with Mario. Then it's a totally different ball game. And so I think people are starting to realize that and get more used to it. Um, I think Boo is your choice at six at with the Bowser team if you don't have DK. I think if you're DK, you skip Boo to take King Boo and then get a monkey later because then you can turn DK into a power hitter, especially because I think if you're getting DK on the Bowser team, you probably don't have Yoshi too. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts there. Um, otherwise I do think it's a bit of like, it's, it's just, it's really a toss up. Like, do you think you can hit with King Boo or not? Because King Boo is so dangerous. And so if you have Bowser bro and then King Boo, that's a really great heavy core that you can't really pitch around. Or especially if you stick like Madge in between bro and King Boo, then you really deepen your lineup of, okay, now I drive some runs in if bro doesn't get it done. And then I still have another threat behind. I, it really takes a lot of thought. I think it's not settled because I mean, really King Boo has been opened up with the curve trajectory discoveries and the stick discoveries that Macri did. I think that really changed the value of King Boo. Now that people realize that there is a very specific optimal way to use King Boo instead of just like, swing in for the fences like get your stick input get your down get your right get your frames right um if you're swinging right-handed if you're swinging left-handed left get your frames right etc um i that's really what i think it is is just we kind of learn more about king boo and it's increased king boo's value and it's it's really interesting to see i I still don't think there's a right answer. I I think Matt's a hundred percent right of, I think that six through eight is going to be super, super fluid going forward. Um, but personally it's the two P team. Um, I don't take Birdo before eight. If you skip, if you skip Birdo to take Madge, then I take Birdo at nine. Um, but if you want Birdo at eight, then I'll take Madge and move on with my day. Um, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, I like, I like that forcing your opponent to take Birdo as non-captain is definitely something you can do because then if they if they don't have Boo on their team, then they're most likely going to have a monkey pitcher. That's two kind of bad bats that they already have on their team. I mean, Dixie Dixie can be batted with, Diddy can be batted with, but uh, for a lot of players, they are worse characters to bat with. So forcing two of those on a single team can uh, really stifle your opponent's offense, especially when they are the Bowser team. They're not going to have the captain start to begin with. So in that, I really like... Uh, forcing the issue, pushing Birdo to a point where your opponent's like, man, I really got to take Birdo here, but I don't really want Birdo on my team either. And then for me, I'm always taking King Boo at the sixth spot. 
um, if if that's the choice between King Boo and Boo. And it's because not only am I just like a, I'm an average at best batter with Boo, it's also that um, I'm an extremely above average batter with King Boo. I'm one of the top top four batters with King Boo right now. And um, what it, what it took for me is me and Vickless made that video on King Boo, the stick input, uh, the the frames of contact you want to get frame four, frame five with the the right input if your King Boo is a righty. And then it came down to me just putting in a couple of hours offline. I was in a spot where I couldn't play any net play. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down here. I'm going to grind out some King Boo hits. And I spent three hours over a week hitting balls with King Boo. And it took my King Boo batting hours from where uh, someone I didn't even want to pick. I was like, I'm not even hitting a home in 20 at-bats with King Boo. And now it's up to probably one in every five, one in every six at-bats I'm able to get a home run with King Boo. So for me, having King Boo is such a threat. you got to just be patient with the bat um, and just be able to hit that ball when it comes across the plate, not be chasing the outside pitches, and be ready to move back in the box if there is an inside pitch. Uh, Matt, just to let you know, I think your camera froze. I was just Yeah, I, I died. You're all good. <laughs> Give me the new net player. Gonna have, to, gonna have to get new net player up in here. I think I do have the photo. And boom, there we go. All right, I'll fill in your spot for now. Gotta expand it over. Just wanna continue while I'm doing this. Go right at it. So yeah. Fletch, you've been, you're on the fence between righty and lefty King Boo. I know I pulled some stats recently. Um, I'll just summarize them real quickly. First of all, we looked at just overall righty versus lefty, and it was looking like lefty is doing a bit better than righty, just everyone's stats. But then I went back and pulled um, just uh, me, Clutch, Remke, and Krazy, some of the top top uh, King Boo users. And uh, Krazy and me are typically righty King Boo, Remke, uh, Clutch, uh, lefty King Boo. And then in that, I, uh, we showed that uh, righty King Boo was actually hitting home runs at a slightly higher rate um, than a lefty King Boo. And a lot of that comes down to the distance it is to right field uh, for in Mario Stadium. But then also, uh, I didn't look too closely into it, but I bet some of the contact, the, the frame contact, ball angles you can get off the bat, that might come into play as well. So just from a statistical standpoint, righty King Boo has a slightly worse contact area on the bat but than lefty King Boo. But, um, that shorter wall distance is going to be able to make up for that as long as you're being able to generate that good contact with King Boo. Now that that's just talking the characters individually. I know Clutch is big on the pitching matchup, so I'll let him explain that. Yeah. So like Matt said, and honestly, the difference is, is lefty King Boo has a better rate on frame four, like lefty King Boo frame four has the highest home run percentage overall. But righty King Boo with frame five and four and even like six, I think when you combine all of those, it's higher than like four, five, six for lefty. So keep that in mind. Um, but then, yeah, no, my preference on handedness is completely pitching matchup with side armors. I I really don't know which way to go when it's a straight pitcher. If they got Diddy or Walu going, I think it might be just go righty regardless. Um, but the real killer for King Boo is the short bat and being able to do the outside wiggle pitches to the outside of the bat. 
And so if you have lefty boo or lefty Dixie, having righty king boo is really tough because you can just attack that outside, sneak them over the outside corner and really work the count and make it really tough for that righty king boo to make some contact and specifically make that good contact that you need to get the homers out. You know, I think once people try and put it over the plate, they're trying to go for that sour spot. And when you've been looking over the outside part of the plate the whole at bat, it's really hard to make that adjustment. And so um, that's kind of where the matchup goes in. And the same thing, if they have righty side armor, then attacking that outside part of the plate to lefty King Boo is really good. And so if you have lefty sidearm, which is usually what Boo and what Remke and I use for Dixie, righty sorry lefty king boo is really good because then they have to come across the plate to throw strikes and so then that's a lot easier to line up and you know hit it um uh, with the shorter bat from king boo but if they're righty then again same thing of righty is better because then they have to come across the plate to throw strikes you just avoid getting jammed up it's all about how it comes out of the hand how you kind of see it and how you kind of be able to react to the pitches um I think, and Matt and I kind of talked about it. It's not super clear in the data, but I think it kind of does come down to you get better quality of contact with King Boo when you play that pitching matchup like that. It's just usually you're forcing King Boo to be lefty, which means you're hitting to the farther wall and left field. It makes it a little tougher. So um, I'm still going to go with that philosophy. The data didn't change my mind, but I don't think it proved my point either um it's so i think it's still up for debate i think it's a comfort thing the data is close enough that until someone really takes off one way or another i think it really just comes down to which side do you see the ball better from which way do you react better and just go yard yeah i 100 percent agree it's really just comfort uh i was always a righty king boo user and practice on i was like man i hope i don't have to switch over to lefty king boo and i Pulled the data, I'm like, all right, I'll just keep using righty King Boo. But if, if you're comfortable with lefty King Boo, it's definitely not significant enough where you're, you're, it's like definitely you need to be changing. It's not like a righty versus lefty Hammer Bro or someone like that. So just whatever you're comfortable with. But if, if you're starting out, maybe you're someone new, like lefty King Boo might be for you just because you have that extra contact on towards the inside of the bat. Um, it all just depends on um, how comfortable you are with either of the characters and what you want to do and how good you are at generating a nice contact on the bat. Did you guys want to touch the last one there? Or I, I know we talked a little bit about that with the uh, boo belonging at six. Oh yeah. yeah. We, we talked about that. We covered that all. all right. um, I mean, it's just, it's just comfort. I, like I said, I'm always King boo because I'm not as good with boo and the home run threat for me. But if you're really, uh, want to play a defensive game and you want to have that best pitcher uh, for a lot of people boo and uh, or you're really comfortable getting slaps and you're not the best with King Boo taking Boo at six is definitely a good move um, another thing taking King Boo at six might might force your opponent into taking Boo at seven or Boo at seven because they might be like I'm not going to give my opponent Ken for King Boo who's already a big enough home run threat so that's one aspect you can draw from uh, same thing taking Boo I mean, King Boo's not going to fall below seven, I don't think, in most drafts. It, he really shouldn't. Um, but, yeah, it really comes down to preference at that sixth spot between Boo and King Boo. Because, yeah, at that seventh spot, you're either taking King Boo to pair with PD because that's where you, you're pretty much always having PD as that second pick team. 
um, or you're taking Boo to keep King Boo Kem away. So yeah, I totally agree that there's no shot King Boo or really Boo falls past seven. So it's just, it's so interesting that, you know, when you take Birdo at six, then you have the pick between King Boo or Boo again at seven anyways. Um, it's really, it's like almost like punting on the decision. And I think you get the advantage because you took the worst character at six. So it's so interesting that I don't think we had to think about it before with one, two, two. It was Boo, Birdo, six, seven, real easy because then you had Boo with PD and then you had Birdo into PD and really there's DK into Birdo into PD into Boo. Like that's such a great lineup. So great defensively. Like it was just an easy pick. But now that some characters are getting split up because of one, two, one. Now it's just kind of like, well, where is Birdo? Is Birdo really six? Or is Birdo seven? I think some people are saying Birdo's not even seven. I don't think people would put Birdo past eight. But then Birdo again at eight is non-captain again. And it's like, well, is Birdo eight as a non-captain? Or is Birdo 10 as a non-captain? I don't, there's no way you let Birdo slide after match. There's no reason to take Toadsworth or Mario or Luigi. There's too many similar characters in that realm. Um, It's super interesting. I bet if we pull the community tier list right now, Birdo, Boo, and King Boo, would be different between six, seven, and eight on all twenty-five. I don't. I don't think anyone like. I don't. I don't think there would be a very clear uh, majority of how to seed them in the six, seven, eight spots. I think it'd be pretty split, like thirty-three, 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 like kind of like where they all go. I have become a new net player again. My bad, guys. I got you, man. Boom. I think I think we're done for the podcast on the on the video side for me. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that pretty much wraps up this topic. I do I do think Birdo has definitely fallen um, a lot over the past month or two. Just people realize that there's no not as much value in non-captain Birdo as we used to think. And um, you know, I I think it would have been interesting to see all these developments happen in Nolan draft as well. Really be interested to see how the draft would go. I know it, you don't have like the back and forth as much, but I still think it could have been very interesting whether um, maybe King Boo is jumping up to a, a different spot. You know, King Boo used to be like an eight pick in Nolan draft, and we've seen King Boo rise and Birdo fall. So I feel like seeing that in Nolan draft would have been really interesting as well. But yeah, one, two, one, it we have all these different uh, draft options, and it's very been very interesting. All right. Well, I think that wraps that up. Um... Let's just go on to viewer comments. We only have one today. Uh, it's from Teebling. Uh, he says, in quote, great stuff, guys. Appreciate the trajectory discovery breakdown and hearing how you're using it with slap hitters. I feel like it can help Pianta a good amount, focusing on holding up for line drive singles without Kem and holding down for dingers with Kem. You guys have an opinion on that? Because me personally, I'm a big Pianta user. Um, I have, you know, I, I'm Blobbert's guy. Uh, I do like PM. Uh, you know, I always do hold down. I do like getting a home run, but I do agree with that. Uh, focusing on the line drives, it helps a lot. Um, if you can get it in the gaps, it's, it's basically an auto single. And if you do have Noki on there, get the Ken. You can hit a nice dinger with it. I want to hear you guys' opinion on that, though. PM is known as a warning track power for a reason. Um, it's really, like I said, if you get it in the gap and it's got to be really hit well in the gap, or if it's non-chem, you really got to line it up, you know, OX44. 
uh, I think if it's not near the perfect spot, doesn't have to be perfect because it's PM, but it's got to be super nice contact to it to go out without chem. So um, I really like where Teamling's head is at here. It, hold down, don't get the fly balls when you're trying to get singles because even even low trash, if you get it into like the right center gap, that should be between like it should be to the left of second baseman. And hopefully it's not like Birdo or Yoshi there. So then it should fly into the gap anyways as a line drive. Or otherwise, you're shooting it through the gap between shortstop and third, second and first if you're going to try and pull it. So I, I really like where the head's at there. I think uh, it's definitely a viable strategy when you're just trying to get Pianta on. Um, when you aren't using him Falcon Popper from the right side or not having the chemistry to go for the home run. Are you ready for my my hot take? Go for it. I think Pianta is teetering on the edge of being meta at the moment for me. Um, <laughs> that's crazy to say. At a one point, he was like top 13, top 12 character. Some people put him there. But just recently, like we've said, that's, we've said before on a couple of previous podcasts, Pianta doesn't have a great slap, doesn't have a great uh, charge hit. Like It's super hard to get out of the park. If you make him righty, he has the he has the Falcon pop, but um, that's that's going to use a star. You're not going to be able to do that every single at bat in a lot of cases. And then uh, lefty, like Clutch saying, warning track power. It's hard to get a PM home run. It was like one in every uh, twenty, one in every twenty hits is a home run for Pianta. I think uh, using everyone's stats. So I mean, I mean that's that's all right, but one in every twenty, it's like every five games you're getting a home run with him. That's not it's not like an impactful player that as it once was. And then I feel like I've sort of not needed laser as much in the field. Uh, I just don't know that laser makes as many plays as maybe it uh, used to. We see a lot more runs off home runs, I feel like. And because of that, I just, there's been the games where PM goes unpicked because I'm not willing to pick Pianta. Um, and I, I can fill the middle infield slots with a bunch of other characters. I've been putting bro in the middle infield. If I go PD bro, that's worked fine. Like Ooh. it's not, it's not the best, but uh, I mean, I feel like it's not too much of a loss from Pianta. Uh, honestly, other than the laser, it's probably an upgrade because uh, Bro's got a bigger slide. Bro's got an insane slide, so he's got a strong arm as well. Doesn't have the laser, but he can make just as many plays as Pianta. I feel like so for that reason, I'm I'm not worried that where Pianta uh, is in the draft, and I'm not really worried about uh, trying to get on base with him as much because I'm just not using him as much. Um, what I have found is that holding down, I used to be a big Pian lefty Pianta proponent. I was holding down a lot. That's what prompted my whole start into the stats uh, uh, back in like April, May timeframe. I wanted to figure out how good holding down with Pianta was. And I found that most of my balls that were getting to be home runs were ones that I was inputting down on. So it's definitely a big boost to be able to hold down on a Pianta hit. But then same time, you're just going to deliver a lot more balls that get to the warning track and get caught. So for me, that's my hot take. Pianta teeter on the edge of becoming not meta. That is something there. I mean, I kind of have to agree with you, but like it's automatic for a lot of people. So people are going to keep picking them until, you know, people are seeing it. So I, I encourage you to keep going for it. Keep keep putting the word out for it. Maybe this will change a lot of people's opinions. Keeblink, thank you for the viewer yeah. comment. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we always talk about the the forever comparison will be uh, 
Pianta versus Wario because they're very similar um, in terms of middle infield and things like that. Um, Pianta is definitely not meta for me, and here's the whole reason, is that I've actually been playing pretty well with Pianta recently and kind of bad with Wario recently. Um, but my COPS with Pianta is 101, and my COPS with Wario is 149. Um, so, And Wario hits for a better average, better on-base percentage, higher slugging, and in turn higher OPS um, than Pianta for me. So, and I think Warriors the better defender and better chemtry. And so while yes, I think you really do need two chem links to go for homers with Wario, with two of the best slap hitters of the game, uh, with between Waluigi and Boo. So, um, yeah, I I really think PM is having a fall from grace again because people are realizing as they were like, oh my gosh, Pianta's not actually as bad as we thought. You're like man, how many balls do I just miss because he doesn't have sliding catch? Man, how many balls do I just miss going out because he's got warning track power? And I really can't slap with him otherwise because it's not good. Versus Wario, it's like, man, if I really need a hit to get down, even if you're like, maybe I go for a homer here, you just slap because it works because Wario can slap. And so, yeah, it. I I will always say PM is the better home run hitter. A little easier to execute with and more situations will come up. Um, but Wario is the better offensive all around character and better defender. So to me, Wario is always above PM, but uh, I doesn't mean I have to take Wario over PM uh, if the draft falls that way. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode of the Dingers Discourse podcast. If you want your viewer comment, in the next video, leave it down below on the YouTube comment section. Uh, rate us five stars on iTunes. Give us a five-star review also on Spotify. I appreciate all your support, and I think everyone else here does as well. We would all like to thank you all for tuning into another episode, episode 11 of the Jingers of Discourse podcast. If you uh, have any you know questions, comments, concerns, leave that below as well. But as I always say, adios and goodbye. <laughs>